welcome to a brand new episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. My name is Sergio. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, I am joined by Jeff, your other host. How's it going, Jeff? Hello. We're here to talk about Ninja Turtles. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I've been talking about all kinds of stuff over on Reality Breached, uh, a lot of movie stuff. So it's, it's, it's nice to sit down and actually talk again uh, about Ninja Turtles. And it's been two weeks since we talked last. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we've kind of been, you know, doubling off the episodes uh, this 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 quarter. And uh, I kind of got used to doing them every week. Yeah. This, but, but with this, you know, this this style gives us a little bit more time to, you know, hone in on stuff. Yeah. 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 The, like the irony is, d- despite there being, you know, two weeks since we spoke last, we don't have that much news, but we'll get to news in a few minutes. Yeah. What's our first segment, though? What's in Sergio's box? Okay, so last last time we talked, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, I had bought basically the entire collection of everything Ninja Turtles had ever, you know, has ever done with my basically. stimulus money. Basically. Uh, this this time I didn't get nearly as much in the mail, but at least this time it had a theme. Um, yeah. So, what did I get in the mail? In the past two weeks, I got two of the soda can Funko figures. Oh, sweet. I love those. I got Raphael and I got Rocksteady. Keeping with and, the art names. Yeah, yeah. Have, like, have we talked about the, these figures on this podcast before? We might have. I, I can't remember. We, we talk about a lot yeah. of Ninja Turtles stuff. Uh, those figures are adorable. They are. They're they're cool. They're 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 well packaged. They're a nice size. There's there's a nice weight to them. Uh, they come with a pog. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, like a little little pog that says one out of like ten thousand whatever. So uh, the, each one of these little figures, they're they're only making like ten thousand of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, the, the, but what bugs me is there's like a Every sixth figure is supposed to be some special, like, glow-in-the-dark variant. And you want the variant? It's not that I want the variant. It's just I'm buying a lot of these things. And I would expect at some point the variant's going to show up. And it hasn't yet? No, none of them have. Mm-hmm. Like I've got, So far, I've gotten Leonardo. I've gotten Donnie, Raph, Shredder, and Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. And none of them came as the the, the the variant. And that's a bummer. Like that well that's five. That's one, two yeah, that's five. I guess the sixth one, which it's a it's a one in six. So mm. when I buy Michelangelo, that's gonna be the one. Let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope so. But then I'll be mad because because it doesn't match the others and I'll have to buy another one. Yeah. It's a vicious. I'm a crazy person, Jeff. <laughs> if you folks haven't figured this out already. Um but when it when it comes to turtle stuff, that's really all I got in the mail. Uh, I, I know that, that I've I've kind of been on a on a on a real trip trying to lock down a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Like 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 I'm really trying to track down a one of the stern pinball boxes mm-hmm. from Walmart because those are starting to show up now. And two of the WalMarts in our area say that they have them, or at least you know via the BrickSeek link, which. I, if, if you're not familiar with it, it's BrickSeek is like this website that tracks the inventory of retailers like Target and Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never had too much 
success with you know what Brixie says is available uh, until I bought uh, the Super Shredder Shadow variant. Mm-hmm. That one, the Walmart I was near said it had it. I went there and it totally had it. Well, both Walmarts in our area that say they have the uh, the, the Stern Pinball NECA box, that fifty dollar box we talked about a, about a month ago, mm-hmm. nowhere to be found. I asked the people in the electronics department, which is, you know, adjacent to the collectibles, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's always the way with ours and, like, certain other ones. And it's like, I I use Brix 8 for, like, when, it, you know, I was big into amiibo hunting. And nine times out of ten, that sucker worked. Target and for Walmart. Um, but if you don't talk to just the right person that knows, you know, oh, yeah, I saw that in the back, or like, oh, let me go check the back. What does it look like? Give them full details. And of course, you gave them the UPC, and they couldn't find it, and they might have typed it in wrong or whatever. Yeah. But if if it's showing there's legit five there, I wouldn't give up on it, because I know you won't. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, it's yeah. going to happen. I'm going to get that stupid box. That box is beautiful. Yeah. The artwork's yeah. fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm seeing pictures of the, 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 sh- the shredder that's in it, and it's a cool looking shredder. He looks really, really good. Yeah. He's so, kind of like a metallic ish. Yeah. Look, yeah. Yeah. But like apparently he's just a repaint of the, of the, the cartoon line shredder, but that's fine. Like it's, it looks really cool. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah, Neca posted uh, pictures on their social media uh, yeah. recently, like ones where you could actually zoom in and kind of like see the details and stuff, which isn't fair. Like, like it, they shouldn't do that. Have some mystery to it. Well, they shouldn't do it because it's going to sell out anyway. Yeah. Like, who are they advertising to? All they're doing is pissing off people who can't find them. This is true. I, I know previously when we talked about that box, we were like, oh, this thing's just going to sit on shelves. No one's going to want this. Lies. Lies across the board. It's disappearing immediately. So whatever. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's keep it moving. Let's keep it. Moving. What's what's our next segment? I actually got something in my box. <gasps> oh, wow. We don't, we don't have music for that, Jeff. No, we don't, but we can just double down. Okay. Okay, well, what's in what's in Jeff's box? Well, um, you know, I had been wanting the Danger of the Ooze game uh, for quite a while, and I still haven't quite found a uh, reasonably priced, sealed PS3 copy, so... I got the 3DS version. It was a two-pack that came with just the regular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nickelodeon game, which was terrible, and um, The Danger of the Use, and they were both on the same cartridge. Um, yep. And uh, that, this actually came in uh, a couple of weeks ago. I just uh, forgot to talk about it. Cool. Have you played it yet? Yes. I, I really enjoy it. Da- Danger of the Use is one of the only turtles video games that i actually really love yeah got that metroidvania style too it's way forward yeah yeah you know i i love way forward i love their games i would love to see you know more stuff but we're you know who knows what the future may hold <laughs> uh so so part pardon me asking this is kind of a little off topic but why are you looking for a sealed copy of the ps3 game i just like buying sealed copies of games it it will cost you less if you because you're going to open it right well yeah it's just it's i'm kind of like if it's a cartridge that's fine i can inspect it and look at it 
discs, it's kind of iffy. I know it's a Blu-ray disc, but it just, you know, I guess it just kind of depends on the condition and where, you know, I wouldn't be super, super picky. But if I can find a sealed copy for next to nothing, I'll always take that. Okay, okay. But but you're not, like, completely anti-used. No, 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 no. I, I found some great used uh, games at our local game exchange. <laughs> uh, like... Oh man, Danger of the Use is $64. Yeah. On Amazon.com. Nope. How did that happen? Not doing that. And it's it's 51 used. Man. That's because somebody has already listened to this episode and like, hey man, we gotta jack that price up. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's the future. That's what it, the it's the future, man. Oh, well the Xbox 360 copy's only six bucks. Oh well. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. I don't, know, I don't know what that means. I don't know what they're trying to tell us there. I don't know. Uh, it, it's sixty dollars new, but it's six dollars used. So oh, weird. Yeah. I have it on a PS3. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that would. I guess that's what was in Jeff's box. Yeah. What time is it now? It's time for the news. Excellent. Let's do news. Uh, do you want to go first? Yes. Go for it. First up, we've got uh, more NECA figure goodness. Uh, we are getting a Hamata Yoshi without shirt training from the uh, first uh, 90s live action movie with a pre-mutated uh, splinter in his cage. Okay, okay. So so let's let's talk this through. So NECA posts posts this image on uh you know the Twitter and half the people are like, Oh look it's Saki, oh look it's the shredder, look it's 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 it's, it's Hamato Yoshi and people are just kinda confused as to who the character was because you know it's just a it's, it's a Japanese dude, you know? Mm. And you really would have to go back and watch the movie pretty closely to know which character that is. Yeah. Uh, and I, I even had to because like there were people correcting people with the wrong name on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like someone would say, oh, it's Yoshi. And then someone would come in and is like, no, dude, that's Saki. When most other evidence points to it being Yoshi. Yeah, so, it's it's kind of tricky the way the movie was cut. Yeah, because you see him doing the training and then it's like, you know, then he talks about him and then it goes. He has that evil. He turns around. He has that evil look on his face. He's wearing that dude's pants and he's got a robe on this time. And I'm like, is that him? And then you see Yoshi come in and like normal, you know, uh, construction worker attire. Like, Well, that's not him. He's all yeah. kind of like chunky and, you know, settled in. This guy is like Bruce Lee style, you know, in shape. <laughs> Next time I come across a, a person who uh, is uh, out of shape, I'm going to say, oh, well, you sure do look settled in. It's <laughs> a very, very nice way to put it. Uh, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm just, no disrespect. I'm just like, saying it's like, hey, I'm comfortable. Like, oh, you got a wife feeding you at home, huh? Yeah. It's like good eating. <laughs> Give me a beer. 
next next year NECA announces a uh, dad bod Hamato Yoshi. Yes, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but yeah, the, like the weird thing is, is in the movie, I'm pretty sure when Splinter is explaining his backstory to Danny of all people, he like the the, the actor playing Saki is also the same actor playing Hamato Yoshi. He just changes clothes in like a split second. It's again, it's really, I mean, we know who it's supposed to be, but again, the way that that movie is cut, it's kind of close. Yeah. Unless we're going to get a two pack. With this, with the same actor in it. Like, is it, is it two different actors? Like, do we need to look at credits? I'm pretty sure it's two different actors. Yeah, it has to be. Oh, but don't include a dead tension. Like, it doesn't have to be, though. Because, like, there's clearly two actors. There's there, there's Dad Bod Hamato Yoshi. <laughs> and there's, like, Ninja Ready Saki. They but, better be labeled that way on the <laughs> box. I'm going to be so mad. Ninja, But Ninja Ready Hamato Yoshi, I think, is the same actor as Ninja Ready Saki. I think. I don't think it is, but again, he, because he does, he looks nothing like the other Hamato Yoshi. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got to get someone on here to answer this, but the figure it, it is of Hamato Yoshi. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think NECA has actually come out and used that phrasing. Yo, this is Hamato Yoshi, mm-hmm. but all of the context clues are pointing to that. Right. Uh, and that's exciting. That's cool. If it's part of a two two pack, that would be awesome. Yeah. And what's uh, our second piece of news, Sergio? Uh, I'm gonna let you take the other figure news because because I know you really want to talk about this one. Oh, okay. Um, well, it was announced today on Turtle Tuesday. Um, uh, that none other than April O'Neil herself, Judith Hogue, uh, will be taking over. Uh, doing a just like a Channel Three takeover of her reporting about an update on her new action figure coming from the movie line. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I I I know exactly how I feel. I'm ready. <laughs> what do you what do you, are you ready for her reporting or are you ready for the figure? Both, because not only is she still a a a, a huge crush. And I don't know how she still looks 30. Um, it's amazing. Um, but every, what did every, Michelangelo call her? A babe? She's a, she's a babe. She's um, a babe. She's a fox. Um, and just, you know, it's kind of her time to shine, you know, because she, she didn't come back for the sequels or whatever. You know, but I think this is so cool that she's totally embracing all of this and she's getting a pretty, you know, dope looking action figure we saw a little bit of the, uh, the images of the sculpt and stuff like that um and uh no i'm just i'm i'm, I'm excited i'm it's it's going to be an ultimate figure so it's going to be pretty art like it's, it's going to be of course articulate it's going to be pretty in detail um but it's probably going to have a boatload of accessories yeah because the ultimate figures are the ones that are just packaged one figure per, you know, box. Um, right. Hopefully Raph sigh. <laughs> no, you have to buy the Raph for that. Um, well, no, I mean, it would come with it. Because she had be an extra sigh. Well, that's fine. 
Chicken no, you have to you have to open them both and then steal the one from Raph and give it to April. Well, you could, you could. But like that's how you do it in canon. But still, you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am excited about the figure because it, it, she, her, the April figure was very much a no show so far in all of the waves of the the movie figures. So it's gonna be nice to complete that. Uh, I don't know that this needs all of this um, pageantry associated with it. See, I'm going to disagree. I like the pageantry. Like, we don't need a four-week series of self-produced videos about the making of the figure. I mean, I again, I disagree. Because she's just uh, a delight to see on screen. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to watch them, of course. It, it's just... Yeah. It's weird. It's It's just weird to me. Um, yeah. but yeah, but the thing is, it's also, I, I don't really count it as news because we knew this figure was coming. Like this is all just peripheral stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, she could have said, no, oh, I don't want to do that or whatever. Cause you know, uh, the guy that played, um, Tatsu said no. Yeah. You know, cause anybody could say no to all this stuff, you know, and of course yeah. uh, who, who would, of course we knew that she was gonna be like, yeah, I want an action figure. You know, <laughs> yeah, but she could have just said, yeah, I want an action figure like she didn't she didn't have to say, hey, and I'm also going to do all of your PR for a month. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird to me. It's real weird. Uh, but at least we're getting April. Yeah. And now it's it's up to Paige Turco to really step it up when they do. Oh, yes. No less than PR for six weeks. Yep. Uh, we have one more piece of news. It's kind of it's kind of news. It's not really news, but I, I I figured we would announce it because it people need to know. Uh, yeah. DC, the comic company DC, that the turtles previously crossed over and uh, appeared in the Batman uh, and TMNT like series of comic books. There were a total of four miniseries. Three of them are like part of the same story. Mm-hmm. All three of those stories, which total up to 15, 15 or 16, I think it's five issues per. Yeah, I think it's five, might be six. I can't remember. It's either 15 issues or 18 issues. All of that is being collected in an omnibus. Omni, omnibus? O- o- omnibus? 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 Uh, that will be available for purchase from DC Comics. The notable omission is the Turtles um, Batman the Animated Series crossover, Mm -hmm. which was the animated series and the Turtles 2K or 2K12 series. Yeah. Which was the the Nickelodeon series. So that's a bummer because that's a really fun, fun miniseries. But I get it. If you're collecting the story it makes sense to just collect the, 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 the three. Right. And they can also, you know, squeeze that cash cow more and put out another one. That's true. Yeah. Give it a couple of years. The yeah. Omni, Omni, Omnibus. Yes. Yeah. I, that'll do it for news. Cowabunga! Hey, hey, uh, hey, Turtles fans. Uh, I'm just, this is Sergio. Uh, I'm just butting in. Uh, we had some late breaking news pop in about some Ninja Turtles figures. And, me and Jeff were, were sitting in with 
Reed Walker of Reality Breached, uh, and Jarius Thomas of The Unapologetic Geek talking about Godzilla versus Kong. And we decided let's record a quick just kind of drop in news update. Uh, so so I have all three of them on the line. We're going to do this and then we'll get back to the regularly scheduled episode. Jeff, what news came out today? Well, some pretty some pretty big figure news, Sergio. NECA has announced that they are making the Pizza Monsters into its own ultimate figure, which is up for pre-order now uh, on NECA's website. Um, this, If you're not familiar with the Pizza Monster, this is the weird xenomorph-looking uh, yellow creature from the original 1987 uh, Ninja Turtles cartoon series. Do, 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 uh, Jarius, uh, Reed, do y'all remember that, th- those, those guys? Yeah, they used to haunt my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're literally xenomorph ripoffs. Like, oh my god, I, I, they used to freak me out, man. I remember the episode and everything. They're in Turtles in Time, too, in the sewer. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, well, in the video okay. game. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I remember from the video game if I saw him. Yeah. So, if you so, see so, a picture of him, it's gonna click. Oh, it will. Absolutely. Um. So, so as you said, this is gonna be an, an ultimate figure. Of course, NECA we know, of course, is terrible at making enough figures to you know to feed the need. But this time around, they are doing the pre-order, as as Jeff said. And for the next week, you can visit the NECA store on thenecastore.com, uh, and actually pre-order the Pizza Monster, in addition to two other figure sets that have previously been available at Target. Uh, right now, you can pre-order the Triceraton and Roadkill Rodney 3-pack, and you can also pre-order the Rat King versus Vernon 2-pack, which both of those have been very hard to find in Targets, so be sure to jump on that. That's just for a week. Uh, on on top of that news, they, they announced that every week this month, or I guess for the next four weeks, there's going to be different pre-order stuff available on the NECA store. Uh, I'm hoping that there's a lot of figures that have been hard to find that pop up. That would be really nice. Yeah, like like the the turtles in disguise would be nice to see. That's pro- yeah. Uh, the the second wave Ninja Turtle uh, repaints would be nice to see. And probably one of the most most uh, sought after sets is the 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 two pack of Toka and Razar. Yeah, oh yeah, because because that has only been available the, via pre pre order. What was that? Is that the turtle and the uh the wolf? Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, From Secret yeah, Views, yeah. You, you guys are about to have my wife pissed at me because you listed about three or four that I know I want. <laughs> oh my, and like. Don't tell her about us. We <laughs> one of the things I want to do is start collecting figures again. I used to do it as a kid. I opened them all up. I had like some good stuff that probably would have been worth something at this point, and I kind of want to start that back up again. It's all and, way more expensive now, Jarius. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I heard it's a, it's a different ball game now, but I kind of want to get back into it. <laughs> How much was Token Razor, uh, Sergio? Was that a hundred bucks? Uh, no, 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 huh? no. No, I don't think it was a. It was like seventy five for the for the two, but they're both Big. they're both enormous. So plus shipping. Pl- oh yeah, plus okay. shipping. It was a hundred. Yes. Yeah. So are they like statues or they're actually like they're action they're figures? action they're action figures? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> I, that, that that'll do it for our news drop. Did, nothing else hit, did it? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Okay. Well, then I guess th- this is back to your regularly scheduled shellheads. Pizza time! What is our main topic today, Jeff? 
we are diving back into everybody's favorite uh, reboot series, 2K3. Okay. Everyone's favorite? Hey, well, oh, you want to redo that? <laughs> uh, no, I, there, I just know that there are people who will uh, very much disagree with that. Well, we don't count that. Oh, no, I, it, I, it doesn't have to be your favorite. Eh, well, it, I'm just tired of people complaining about 2K3 not being good or whatever. I'm like, it's great. Let's let's refer to it as the beloved reboot series that could be that could yeah that'll work tmnt 2k3 yeah uh originally of course started in 2003 uh during our shellhead the 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 phase two of our little fictitious phase structure we have uh and it was of course produced during the 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 period at which kevin eastman was nowhere to be found he had been bought out uh and peter laird was kind of in charge of the entire mirage outfit uh and was the Turtles were seeing a renaissance in popularity because of this TV show, uh, a resurgence of the comic books, and the TMNT movie. Now, the TMNT movie was not out at this point, but uh, this we have talked about this series four times already. Uh, we covered the first season and the second season in their totality. Uh, you can visit our archives for those episodes. They are clearly labeled, so have fun. What we're going to start today is our coverage of season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since we want a little bit more breathing room uh, and we've implemented a news and what's in Sergio's box section, uh, we're not going to be watching as many episodes as we previously were. Previously, it was like, what, 13 episodes of, of an episode? That was a chunk. It was a huge, huge chunk. Which yeah. So we're going we're gonna to talk about the first nine episodes of season three of 2K3. Are you ready, Jeff? I am ready, Sergio. It should be noted that we are going to go through this season in chronological order, not production code order. The reason we're doing them in chronological order, uh, or basically by air date, uh, is because originally the Christmas Aliens, which is the first production episode of the season, did not air until about 11 episodes in. And it's just easier to put the Christmas episode where it aired. Yeah. You know, uh, since the DVD releases were so kind of off the wall for these seasons or for, for season three, we could literally put the Christmas aliens anywhere and it wouldn't really matter. Yeah. Which is exactly what they did on the DVDs. Like the Christmas aliens uh, episode has its own DVD with like one new episode and three old ones. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a fan. Uh, no. So, so, so what that means is we're starting the season off with Space Invaders, Part One. Okay, so we open the season uh, with with the big news. Um, like the, the the Triceratons are invading Earth, and of course they're there for the Transmat or what you know, basically what the, the fugitoid had built that didn't work. Uh, and of course it's the technology that the Utrams actually got working uh, when they called it a transmat. Uh, the fugitoid never got it working, but the Triceratons don't know that uh, they're there to, of course, 
kidnap the, the, the fugitoid and steal the plans out of his brain. That way they can win the war with the Federation. Like that, that, that was, that, that's their perma story. That's, that's what always happens with the Triceratons. Yeah. They arrive, they arrive at earth in a big way. They're very public. They, they, they actually announce their intentions and they announce, Hey, this is what we're looking for. Uh, Here's why we want it. You're going to surrender this little robot thing, uh, or we're going to, you know, conquer your planet, basically. Uh, the Turtles, of course, see all this on the news. Uh, Splinter sees it on the news. April and Casey see it. Uh, they freak out. The, the Triceratons use basically the science juice off of the the Transmat technology to uh, – what, what do they call it? It was basically the uh, the it, radiation or whatever. It is the trans the transonic residue. I've got it here. Hang on. Yeah, that's what it is. Trans yeah transion trans transionic particle trail. The science juice from <laughs> Utrum's transmat beam uh, to basically track where he went. At which he this, the 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 fugitive did come to Earth, but he left pretty much immediately uh, after dropping off the turtles. And the turtles, of course, have some of that trans transonic transionic residue on them, and that's what you know, basically that's how the turtles get entangled with the triceratons. That's also how Casey and April get entangled because they are always hanging out with the turtles, so some of that juice has gotten on them. Yeah. Uh, April and Casey have to, th- th- this episode is full of action top to bottom. Uh, April almost gets kidnapped, uh, by the Triceratons because obviously they want to question her to find out what she knows about, uh, the fugitoid. Uh, at the very last minute th- th- she is saved by Donnie, uh, who then in turn gets kidnapped. Uh, and that's where the episode ends. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that happens, but none of it actually matters. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah well, and I, I, I say that and it sounds really mean, but it's not wrong. Like the gist of this episode can be boiled down into like four sentences. Go. What do you have to add? <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. Well, well, did, did, did I Wait, break up? Are you asking me or is that you just stating this? The, the... No, no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally asking you, what do you have to add? Like, I mean, see, now you got me up against a wall here. Like I just, was, how can I follow that? With, with what you can add, like what else in this episode was significant enough to actually mention? Invasion. Pretty sure I said that. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> You know, at this point, everybody like on Earth is completely clueless about any of that stuff at all. Prior to the episode? Yeah. Yes, but during the episode, they become very, very aware. Mm-hmm. That and the Triceratons even... are a thing, and they're there to take over. Yeah. yeah, and they even see some giant green turtles running around. Yeah. But overall, see, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like I love the 2K3 series. I don't know what it is about this invasion plotline. Mm-hmm. It is so boring to me. It's completely boring. 
Like, I mean, is it because it feels like it's a recycled Turtles in Space? Does that is that what it feels like? That they're may, maybe the maybe. Story? But hey, it's on Earth. We need the Fugitoid. He's on Earth now. Like, there's that's kind of a an, and we'll get into my gripes in later episodes because later episodes are way more egregious with their stupid stuff. But like this one. I guess this one pitches a, an, an interesting idea. It's like instead of the turtles being the fish out of water, you bring the water to the turtles, you know, or bring the yeah. water to the fish or whatever. But you had it right the first time. I did have it right the first time. Uh, <laughs> but all all this is is the turtles running from like fight to fight to fight to fight, instance to instance to instance. And they don't really learn anything new. They don't really do anything new. They don't. They don't fight anybody new. Uh, I have two words. Mm-hmm. Sweeps week. Sweeps week. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But it, it's. I don't know. I feel like the pitch, the Triceratons are taking over the. You know, are are taking over the Earth, or they're here to find the, the Fugitoid. That is a compelling idea. That they do nothing with. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm just a curmudgeon when it comes to this plot. I don't know. It gets better as you get out of the the, the first three episodes. Yeah. But what what else what else do you have? Like, are there nuggets that you want to talk about? Oh, uh, there's just like a few little ones. Like Mike and uh, Mike and Donnie are upside down playing video games. But I'm like, why are you upside down? You can't tell what any of that is. Immersion, man. Yeah, yeah, that okay. I guess some kids played, you know, sitting on their couch upside down. Well, if it's a game designed to be played upside down, I don't know of any. Well, I also don't know of any Ninja Turtles in real life, so it's possible. That's true. (laughs) In Turtles Land, they have upside down video games. You're not part turtle, Sergio? No, no. I have a picture that says otherwise. I what? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> I thought you were just talking about what's in our logo. <laughs> There's one of you in like a full Ninja Turtle onesie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> that is adorable. That's I love that picture. <laughs> yeah, put that on picture. our Instagram. Uh, what what else you got for this episode? Because I don't have much of anything else. Mikey likes chaos. Yeah, yeah. Second time around gets destroyed again, or at least the first part, the front part of the store. It's like, can't y'all just leave that woman's antique store alone? Like third time around? Yeah. Fourth time around? Something like that. Other than that, Mm. I mean, there's just not much. Yeah. Now, I I figured you would love these episodes because they're very action heavy. Oh, no, I did really enjoy... I I love a good invasion story. Um... I remember watching these when they aired. I was like, oh, wow, what's going on? Um, <laughs> especially when they all find out what's going on. And then Splinter's like, now remember. And, and he turns around, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> uh, but no, I do I, I do enjoy it. I, the action was 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 all all in. The, the action's getting better season over season. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. So, so, so maybe they were just trying to uh, show off their 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 new toys or their 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 new uh, skill sets. I, I think so. I think so. This is what it feels like. 
they're like, hey, how can we make, how can we get more ratings, more action? <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the the, the, the next episode, uh, conveniently named Space Invaders Part Two. Uh, the, the turtles are chasing after the Triceratons, trying to trying basically trying to find their brother because Donatello, as we know, was kidnapped in the previous episode. Uh, April and Casey lead lead a, a an on foot battle in New York City using the armaments of the Triceratons uh, that they steal out of a crate. Um, the Triceraton leader, uh, what's his name? Zanraman, yeah, Zanraman, yeah, keeps telling the UN, "Hey, bro, give us this, th- give us the fugitoid, because we know he's here." And of course, the UN is like, "What is he talking about?" Because the UN knows nothing about it, because it's the UN. Yeah, they don't know about aliens. Yeah, yeah. Donatello tells uh, Zanraman, 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 Zatarans, yes. <laughs> Uh, he keeps telling him the fugitoid is not here anymore. He was, but he's not. But they simply don't believe him. Uh, the other turtles t- take a uh, basically sh- is it a spaceship? Yeah, yeah. They, they find a Triceraton ship and they hijack it with a Triceraton pilot and convince him to fly it back to the mothership. And they, they do it basically by creating chaos with Michelangelo. And as you said, Mikey loves chaos. It's my favorite. Um, the Triceratons have basically lost their patience. Xanramon is, yeah, Xanramon is like, you know what? You haven't given me what I want. I'm going to uh, up the ante. And he sends basically anti-gravity science things to lift Earth's cities into outer space. And that's I know that's a hard thing to to, to to picture, but if you've ever seen any of the the iconic the, the, the iconography of the um, not iconography of the Triceratons, you've ever seen their their floating cities in outer space. Like they don't have a planet anymore; it's just a bunch of uh, cities on like these uh, icicle-looking Earth chunks. And they were and basically they. They sent their machines to Earth to steal the big cities and create, you know, little space towns uh, just like they already have. It's really hard to describe, but as soon as you see a picture, you'll understand. If you've seen Avengers uh, Age of Ultron, it's similar to that when they picked up Sokovia. Didn't they do that in the um, Manhattan Project on NES, too? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yeah. So... Look at that. Look at you. Um, so what was the city that got picked up? Uh, Taiwan? Is Taiwan a city? That mm. makes me sound stupid. I don't know. Um, Beijing? What the hell is it? Beijing? Is it Beijing? Yeah, Beijing. Yeah, okay. So they pick up Beijing, and it's just starting to you know, lift itself out of the earth. Uh, so the UN's like, we have to panic. And so they send the world's nukes to blow up the Triceraton homeworld. Obviously it doesn't work. And the, uh, the, the humans are pretty much defeated. <laughs> they don't have another weapon that can fight these Triceratons. Or do they? No, they don't. Do, do we, do we have a weapon that's stronger than nukes? The justice force. 
Oh yeah, the oh yeah, the Justice Force shows up. They're sent. They immediately get defeated, so they're pretty useless. Uh, the Justice Force, of course, that's what Metalhead, uh, Silver Century, Tsunami, Tsunami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot who all was in the Justice Force. Ananda, because it's not battling Bernice. Right, right. Ananda. Because I have questions. I was like, how is how is a dude that's like you know, his powers are based on the ocean. How you breathing in space, bro? How you flying up there, bro? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you got some kind of, like, mystic voodoo magic we don't know about? Oh, and also Chrysalis. Chrysalis? Yeah, that's how that's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, so the Justice Force shows up, which is really, like... I'm going to take a moment to just point this out. So many superhero stories, when they're told, they don't take into consideration the entire world when they have world-threatening, you know, enemies. Mm-hmm. And for the Justice Force to actually show up and try to defeat the bad guy, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I also appreciate them immediately getting stomped. <laughs> yeah. You know, both of those things can be true. Yeah. Uh, so the Turtles sneak their way onto the homeworld. Uh, and let's see, I think that's... That's basically it when it comes to major plot points. Uh, the, the Shredder and Karai are featured in this episode. Uh, they don't really do anything except they kind of look up at the sky and they're like, so what do we do? Shredder's like, yeah, just kind of just hold your horses. We're going to see how this plays out. Basically. Yeah. So I will say this. This one is better than the first one. Yeah. Uh, it, more stuff is happening. Uh, it feels like a proper oh the world is going to end thing which is a really weird thing to start the season with yeah but hey go for it what'd you think i i mean i enjoyed both but like you said this one has this one has a little bit more substance to it a little cup uh, a little bit more extra toppings so it's like hey we put some extra pepperoni on that i'm like sweet <laughs> no extra charge um of course my favorite moments being did Leo just let Mikey pilot the spaceship? <laughs> yeah. Cause foreshadowing, you know, is like, Hey, we're, we're playing, um, space destructor, you know, that's going to come in handy. So all his video game <laughs> playing time was like, this has led him up to this moment. Nice. He, I want to say he didn't disappoint. <laughs> like what does this button do um but you know they're they 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 kidnapped a triceraton ship with a triceraton still on it and like hey you're gonna do this no i'm not okay mikey you do it <laughs> almost gets him killed and it was like and the triceraton takes over and it was like now do it right or we'll let mikey fly in no 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 not that <laughs> yeah yeah the, just the the use of michelangelo because of who he is was really good in this episode. Yeah, and then they pull yeah. a um, Empire Strikes Back moment when they when they sneak into the homeworld and they they land the ship on top of like a it's not a garbage scow but it's 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 another like transport ship or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which was nice. There's a lot of Star Wars references kind of smathered throughout. Um, yeah. You know the, the seasons. Um. And we get introduced to Bishop. Head of the uh, EPF. 
do we get a full introduction or does he just show up? He shows up. I, like, I think he was just kind of a shadowy government figure that we don't know who it is in this episode. It's not Will Smith. No, no, but he is a man in black. He is. He is. He works for the Earth Protection Force. The EPF. Yep. Uh, spoiler alert, I really like Bishop. <laughs> I do, too. Because he's not the Shredder. Because Yeah, that's, that's part of it. Because he's not the Shredder. He brings something else to the table he feels like he's operating in, but it, it, like operating on the side of good. We'll talk more about Bishop later, but and he's a completely original character, is he not? That is correct. He did not exist prior to 2K3, but he has existed post 2K3. Ooh. So uh, I don't. I don't think we've really covered it any, him any in anything else yet. But no, he shows up. Um. What what other nuggets do you have, or, or or does that pretty much cover Space Invaders Part Two? That covers it. Here we go, Space Invaders Part Three. So the turtles are trying to find a way to sneak in and save Donatello, and they come across a group of Triceratons that are basically rogues. They, they've uh, they are being led by Traximus, our buddy Traximus from the 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 the, the, the Battle Nexus. Uh, and also, uh, apparently their names are Clue and La. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of Battle Nexus buddies uh, and, and a bunch of just basically rogue Triceratons who want to uh, take take over because Zonraman is not a good leader. That, that, that That's established pretty quickly in this episode. Uh, Donnie is still trying to tell, you know, try, try, basically saying, hey, he, he's not here. And then he's like, okay, well, if he's not here, where'd he go? And Donatello's like, I can't tell you that. Zonraman then orders his uh, his space cruisers or whatever to pick up Manhattan. That's when he orders the the, the sends sends the stuff down there to carve up Manhattan and make it float in outer space, just like they did Tokyo. No, Beijing. Yeah, Beijing. Donatello gets this idea that he basically says, hey, how? Here's how I'm going to prove that the fugitoid is not here. Scan for this type of energy. What kind of energy was it? Um, I didn't write that down. Uh, let's see. Positronic. Yeah. Yeah. Positronic, positronic energy. And basically, positronic energy is not on Earth. So if they scan the Earth, any energy, any positronic energy they come across would automatically be the fugitoid. Mm-hmm. And they scanned the Earth, found that hey, the fugitoid is not here. So now they finally believe him, but they really need to know where he went. Uh, but they don't know. So uh, in the meantime, the turtles and their their rogue Triceraton friends are uh, they s- basically pretend to be captured to get Donatello to be ca- basically grouped together with them in a private prison cell they get to the private prison cell and the the, the triceraton that walked them there let them out because he's part of the resistance and boom donatello is now free they proceed to steal another triceraton uh ship to get back home because right now they're you know in outer space and a huge uh chase scene happens 
after the chase scene, or during the chase scene, Donatello uses missiles coming from other Triceraton ships to blow up the what's what what they call it the tri the tri the tri tri something the tri base uh, to blow up the tri base that is carving up Manhattan, causing it to be put back into place, uh, much like in the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zanramon is like, this has been a complete waste of time. We didn't get, we didn't kill the turtles. We didn't find the 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 fugitoid. What are we even doing here? And then one of his men is like, well, I, we found a trace of his the signal that he you know left when he left Earth. We should follow that. And r- right as it seems like the story's coming to an end, the fugitoid transmats his way back to Earth. And into the pit where the TCRI building used to be, uh, hoping that he arrives in time to help with the Triceraton uh, invasion, which he kind of ruined. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that one ends. That's that's the that, that's Space Invaders Part 3. It ended with the Fugitoid showing up, which I love. You know, the Fugitoid is great. I love that guy. Um, yeah. But him showing up is real is a really big wrench in this story. What did you think? You know, like he's I don't know. Like I thought it was going somewhere. I was like, okay, this would be great. It'd be off. And I was like, oh wait, no, that defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> what are you doing back? Yeah, yeah. We sent you away. Yeah, yeah. Like. I really like the idea of him coming back. I really hate where they go with it in the next episode, like legitimately hate. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that when we get to the next episode. Uh, I, I really like that the Triceratons were just going to leave. Yeah. Like they weren't there to actually conquer. They weren't there to take over the world. They just want the Fugitoid. That's it. It is a singular focus we want the Fugitoid to give it to us. We don't know what that is. Well, you're going to give it to us anyway. We still don't know what that is. You know? Yeah, and they're just too stubborn to know, take, you know, hey, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many how many of our cities you lift into the outer space. We still don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what nuggets you got for this episode? Let's see here. <laughs> Mikey uh, continues to gloat about being a Battle Nexus champ. Um, oh yeah, he. I think he wore that joke out. He really did. He, he said it what three, four times, five times. Yeah, it was kind of starting to get on my nerves. Um, he was starting to get just when he was kind of redeeming himself. He's starting to get a little annoying. <laughs> um, but then Raph is in check, and he, you know, he'll he'll smack him upside the head again. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it, and, and like like that that whole part. While it was funny the first couple times. Yes, it does get old, and it also f- made this episode feel like they ran out of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like when he did mention, when he, at, at some point he did mention it again that I'm a Battle Nexus champ, then you hear the choir kick in, and there's the smack. Um, <laughs> knock it off. Um, uh, that's about it. There's not really any. Yeah, there's there's not time to really stick in a lot of nuggets or or, or Easter eggs or anything because they're yeah. constantly moving from scene to scene, 
with action and explosions and 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 pseudo science fiction nonsense like they they really started the season with a bang yeah uh there there's been zero character development of any any characters period none mm-hmm. of them it's just a series of events right uh which i guess that's one of the things that bugs me is it's literally just a series of of events it's like walk through this door do what's in this room walk through the next door do what's in this room and that's just how these first episodes you know play out yeah it's a bummer for me it yeah it's a bit of a bummer yeah uh with that said um okay with that said let's jump to worlds collide part one uh, the, the season starts with two three-parters back-to-back. All right, so mission accomplished, right? The the, uh, the Triceratons are leaving Earth. Uh, but no, it, immediately, Fugitoid is all like, hey, guys, I'm back. You only, you, you need my help? I, I have this plan. And so the, the, they meet the Fugitoid where he landed, and uh, basically the Fugitoid's plan is to surrender himself to the Triceratons, that way, the Triceratons leave Earth alone. Like, that's that's his plan in the long run. Yeah. Um, he's erased the transmat information from his head. Not that it worked anyway. So he has nothing to give them. But at the very, you know, at the very least, it will it will save planet Earth. Uh, and the turtles are like, well, let's say that's plan B. Let's come up with a better plan. And before they could even make another plan, he starts trying to flag down the, the Triceratons walking around New York, you know, they're basically going back to their spaceships. He's like, hey, hey, guys, I'm I'm the Fugitoid. Look at me in his in his cool little robot voice. And uh, the turtles are like, whoa, whoa what are you doing? And they, they basically have to hold the Fugitoid down to keep him from giving himself up. Yeah. Uh, they then uh, tr- convince him, give us some time. We're going to come up with another plan. Stop behaving like this. Uh, the problem is, is now that the Triceratons know the Fugitoid is back. They reconcentrate their efforts on getting him off of Earth. Uh, and he now has that same science juice all over him. Not, No, this is not the same science juice. Uh, that that positronic uh, radiation or whatever. that Energy non- signature. Energy signature that... That's such a s- stupid science fiction word. Um, <laughs> that same... <laughs> energy signature that Donatello used to prove that he wasn't on the, the, the planet is now the exact same signature. The Triceratons are using to track him. So the, the opening of this episode talked a lot about irony. And I think that was the best part of the episode. Yeah. Because it went through three or four different things that are ironic. And it was, it was Leo doing the, the, the narration on it. And I was like, okay, that, okay. Okay. You know, it was just, it was just really well written up to that point. Yeah, the turtles decide to chop <laughs> chop the fugitoid into four pieces and keep his pieces on the run until Donatello can come up with some sort of masking uh, device to mask the 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 energy signature that he is currently radiating. And from there, it's a game of keep away with the fugitoid's body parts. I. I, I, I'm not even going to go into what they were driving. I'm the, if you want to talk about that, I'll let you do that. Let's get to the end of this episode. So 
Donatello comes up with his 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 masking device. Now, you know, the Fugitoid can successfully hide on Earth. They reassemble him. Uh, they 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 cut to Battery Park. The turtles are thinking of what their new plan is going to be when they are surrounded by uh, helicopters and tanks that are of human origin, very clearly of human origin. And that's pretty much where the where the big cliffhanger is. Yeah. Uh, there are of some 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 callbacks in this episode that work really well. Uh, there's the professor from the garbage man episode mm-hmm. and Donatello meets him to get the helicopter to, to get a random helicopter that he stole. Not, not just any random helicopter shredders helicopter shredders personal helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there was a nice like dialogue. There's like, hi, this is the professor. No, this is the professor. Oh, we're both the professor. <laughs> you know, that was cute. It's talking football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of this episode? Cause I have a lot to say. I'm gonna let you go first. Um, the future toy really got on my nerves in this episode. Why? This is like, hey, I have a plan. No, you know, over here. No, okay, Grandpa. No, no. Oh, see, I'm trying to save him from himself. You're not looking at the the big picture. I know. I know. There's a bigger picture. One of the most shocking moments is like, how do we, how do we fix this? And Donatello's is like, finish him. And he just rips his head off. <laughs> Mortal Kombat style. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> the Triceratons can't kill him if we do it first. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this just got dark. Because <laughs> it'd been a long time since I'd seen this episode. I was like, Did, wait. Oh, he's still talking. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, he is still a robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's What's happening right now? Normally when you remove a head from somebody's body, whether it be, you know, human or robot or alien or whatever you know they don't normally talk (laughs) but he has a you know human merged consciousness thing so you know it's science science Uh, well he i don't know he just got on my nerves a little bit that's interesting that's we 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 do get we we have very different opinions on this episode (laughs) we do but we do get the first april and casey kiss yes we do very passionate their passion for the, for the children uh, television. <laughs> <laughs> like their 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 little budding romance is real awkward it in really this is. in this season. Like real real uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. Because I can't really pinpoint the moment where April was like, I kind of dig this guy. Yeah. It it didn't make too much sense, but you know whatever works. Yeah. What else you got? I don't really have don't really have too much of the nuggets. Okay. Then let's just dive into why this episode is terrible. <laughs> That's exactly opposite of like <laughs> So Go ahead. Donatello's not stupid. Okay? He knows that as soon as the Triceratons know that the Fugitoid is back, they're going to remain on Earth, continue their attack, potentially kill millions of people literally endanger the entire planet and donatello's like no don't go you're my friend like no like donatello should be pushing the fugitoid up the ramps on the 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 triceraton ships he should be like here here he is take him 
This yeah. is what you want. Get off our planet, please. You must go now. Yeah. Like, his behavior makes no sense whatsoever in this episode. Yeah. And and then the other three turtles being complicit, you know, like, come on. Like, you could write a story that makes more sense if you just give up the fugitoid. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm, I, and I'm sure that they were trying to avoid that because they did that before. You know, originally the fugitoid was was captive and they had to save him. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure they were just trying to do something unique, but they didn't do something interesting. They did something that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the, the turtles have the opportunity to literally save the planet. And they are deciding to just just not let their friend commit suicide. Which is basically what it is. And I guess, you know, we should take into consideration that they are teenagers. Yeah. And and one of the key traits of teenagers is being a bit selfish because you don't really understand empathy or the grander scheme of things. But come on, man. <laughs> yeah. The, and, and so with that in mind, all of the shenanigans and antics of this episode, while adorable – were obnoxious to me because I'm just like, just give him up. Just give him up. The problem solves itself. Just give him up. Yeah. Which is why the fugitoid wasn't annoying for me. He was the only level headed being the entire time. Okay. I can give you that. Now, when you put it that way, that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. (sighs) And and then like, again, not to spoil the next episode we're going to talk about, but ultimately what would the, the outcome here? makes this episode seem even more silly. But we'll get to that when we get to the next episode. Are we ready to go to the next episode? Yes. Okay. The next episode is... Worlds Collide Part 2. The troops that are surrounding the Turtles are Bishop's troops. The Turtles and the Fugitoid are captured by Bishop. Uh, That that is who was surrounding him uh, at the end of the previous episode. Uh, And... It's revealed that they have been not only captured, but they've also been strapped to tables for experimentation. Uh, and the fugitoid has been given to dun, 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 General Blank of the Federation. Uh, his, his first uh, appearance in this little tale that we're, uh, that we're spinning here in Season 3. And of course, the Federation is the, you know, the arch enemy of the Triceratons who are currently... You know, they're they're whose armada is currently circling the earth. General Blank and Bishop revealed that they had a deal. Bishop gets to keep the turtles for experimentation as long as he surrenders the fugitoid to General Blank. And of course, General Blank wants the fugitoid for the transmit information. Same thing that they always do. Um, Bishop does a lot of really good evil man speak in this episode as he explains exactly what's going on and who he is and why he wants to to uh, to, to operate on the the, the, the turtles. Uh, it's revealed that he already uh, did some experimentation on Leatherhead uh, as he opens a drawer, a giant like morgue drawer, morgue like drawer where Leatherhead is revealed to have, you know, all kinds of tubes and stuff stuck in him uh, and and the turtles are like oh no not leatherhead so it, it's it's very much bishop's coming out party is is what this this episode is uh there's a whole side story not side story but side mission where casey april and splinter are 
trying to find the turtles, and April figures out that she can track them using their TurtleCom signatures. And they, they, they track them basically to New Jersey, or basic, the, the other side of the river. I don't know what side of Manhattan. It doesn't matter. Uh, they get on a boat. They have to swim. Uh, they find the underground underground entrance to General Blank and Bishop's lair, I guess, or their their you know home of operations. Uh, get in there. There's there's some some fun little uh, antics with Casey and some lasers. They get. Uh, they they get discovered and they have to fight their way out. They knock out some 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 troops. Uh, Splinter Casey and April uh, find their way to where the turtles are in Bishop's lair, and uh, they come through the doors basically as Mikey is about to get his about to get dissected by a buzz saw uh, that Bishop is holding, uh, and that is the big. Like that's that's the big grand finale of the episode. The the oh no, what's going to happen? Um, mm-hmm. There is a, a little piece in there that I missed about General Blank basically bragging to the Triceratons, "Nanny, nanny, boo boo, I have the the fugitoid. Uh, your days are numbered." You know, just to basically to piss him off while he's out in space, uh, and that kicks off a war in the atmosphere of or the outer atmosphere of earth still earth is not part of the war it's it's so weird like two different alien species are warring above our planet and we literally can do nothing about it except watch yeah yeah uh so there's that episode uh the cliffhanger here real stupid real 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 stupid because, like, literally, as as Bishop is approaching Michelangelo with the buzzsaw, I'm like, why doesn't he just kick him? Yeah. He can just he can just kick him, right? And right. then the next episode opens, and what does he do? Kick him. He kicks him. So, yeah, just a complete waste of a cliffhanger. What do you think, Jeff? Well, as you stated, I really like Bishop. It 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 adds something to the series instead of it just being the the tired old, you know, 80s cartoon trope, it's, you know, it's one villain for every every single episode. Yeah, with different plots. Yep. And they'll, they'll throw different character, you know, different one-off bad guys in there or whatever, but Bishop's here for 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 the long haul. He really is. He really is. Uh and and, and I I guess Calling this his coming out party is absolutely that's that's the smartest thing I've said all episode, Jeff. Oh, wow. Because it's it's very much like, hey, I'm your new bad guy, guys, and here's my agenda. I'm the good guy. I'm going to use your blood to create super soldiers for this country because I'm a patriot is basically what he's saying. Basically, you know, and 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 yeah, there is he, he does, you know, have the the mannerisms of a crazy person, you know, he, 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 he almost has a lust for cutting them open and, 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 and dice and dissection. He's like, Oh, too bad. I won't be able to use, uh, any anesthesia. It may taint my, my, you know, my findings. Like he, he relishes the fact that he gets to hurt these dudes. Yeah. But his core character is I'm doing this 
for the greater good. The greater good. Yeah. And and that's something that this series doesn't hasn't hasn't really had. Mm-hmm. Hasn't had a character that believed he was doing the good thing. Shredder has always has always been just blanket bad guy. Hey, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And and Bishop, you can kind of see where he's coming from. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think about the 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 KC April and, and and Splinter shenanigans? That was fun. Um, you know, Casey's very different now than he was in the beginning, with you know him not being they you know the watering down of Casey Jones because oh you know he's a vigilante he can't go out and do that and I was like oh okay, um, so we have to we have so to is walk. Batman so is Batman. Well, that's different. Um, How is that different? <laughs> Just because Casey's poor? No, no, <laughs> no. Well, I guess it's different in the sense of where they people just kind of whatever leave Batman alone. They're like, hey, you can't go around with a baseball bat and, and golf clubs and beat people up. Okay. That's where they draw the line. Okay, but you could do it with a grappling hook. All right, cool. And a and a throwing stars. And yeah. A, Smoke bombs and batarangs, batarangs, yeah, all of that. Whatever. I mean, hey, that's just what that's just my observation. I don't like dumb Casey. Um, has Although, there ever been a smart Casey? We, okay, in this like in the sense of being like watered down Casey. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Casey Light. Casey Light. Diet Casey Jones. Diet Casey Jones. If we did episode titles. Perfect. It would be Diet Casey Jones. That's perfect. Uh, I I liked the dynamic of having Splinter, April, and Casey basically on their own adventure. Yeah, I did dig that. You know, because we don't get them interacting together that much. Yeah. Uh, And... I you know I don't dig the idea of April just inherently being ninja. It's like come on, she's been training for what six months? The, the, whatever you know, it's, I, I'm willing to accept it because I have to. Casey being a bumbling like brute, I really liked. Like watching him try to get through the lasers was great. Yeah, that Cause, was hilarious. Yeah, because because that has nothing to do with intelligence. That just has to do with that's not my skill set. You know, I'm not trained in dodging lasers. I just know how to punch people. Right. So, so yeah, that 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 was a really well played scene. Yeah, that that I did like. Yeah. Um, the turtles oh. were trapped the entire episode. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that when Bishop was scanning Donatello, um. Uh, see, it's like when he said, "Fascinating, your genetic mutation is virtually identical to the other specimen I found." And Mikey's like, "What you talking about, Willis?" Ugh, ugh. <laughs> like even when this episode aired, that was a thirty-year-old reference. It was. So now it's a fifty-year-old re- reference. Ooh, I don't wow, it's fifty-year-old reference. It, the seventies. Fifty? No, that was the eighties. Facts, Di- no. Different uh, strokes? Different, different strokes. That was the that was 80s. Different strokes is the 80s. Yeah. Well, seasons one and two aired, aired in 78 and 79. 
Oh, well. So it started in the 70s. Still, okay. let's okay. okay, fine. A 40-year-old reference in a kid's show? Come on, man. He's obsessed with pop culture. I know. The... <sighs> okay. What? What? So there wasn't anything else more recent than 40 years ago they could have referenced? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not uh, at the, you know, I was not at the round table for the writers meeting. Hmm. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. Okay. Yeah, that's about yeah. it. All right. That was what? Worlds, Worlds Collide Part 2. Time part for two. the epic conclusion to this essentially six-part episode, Worlds Collide Part 3. So as we previously stated, Donat- Michelangelo uh, kicks bishop and is not dissected just as we knew it was going to happen uh Mm. and and this kind of kicks off uh a a a really intense showdown between all four turtles leatherhead all four turtles and leatherhead in the you know the operation room there and and this is where we really learn that bishop is not just a that a a company man he's not just a, a figurehead he he knows what he's doing is, is that how you put it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's a he's a formidable martial artist uh, who also happens to be a man in black. Uh, from there, Bishop escapes, and the turtles immediately start looking for the fugitoid. The fugitoid is with General Blank and his men, uh, being plugged into the the uh, the Federation's computers to try to find the transmat uh, information. The fugitoid lays there, uh, you know, he starts, you know, connecting to it and they're trying to, you know, think, find what they can, can on his database. Uh, he then proceeds to connect to the entire Federation computer system, computer network uh, across all of their, their, their ships. Uh, basically he, he, he comes out and says, I designed all this hardware. Um, or at least a majority of this this hardware, I'm able to easily inter- interface with it and control all of it. From there, he then creates a broadcast signal that goes all over the earth, all over the world, explaining what's going on, explaining how he inadvertently brought this war to this world, uh, and he announced that the, the 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 transmet plans have been destroyed. He's not able to provide what you know he's supposed to, or, or that, that, you know his his enemies want him to provide uh, and he starts using the, the, the power over all of these electronic devices to shut down the Federation's forces. Uh, at the same time on the Triceraton ship, they finally realize, Oh, he doesn't have the plans. And from there they see the Federation ships all shut down uh, and What's his name? Zanramon. He's like, awesome. The Federation ships are down. Let's shoot them. Let's blow them up. We can t- we can end this war today by just blowing up our enemy ships as they sit. Uh, and Commander Mozar is like, that's not really honorable. That's not we. That's not what we do. Like we are a, a we are a war species, but we only fight with honor. Uh, and Zanramon's like, just do it. It's an order. Do it. And uh, Mozar refuses to. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Oh, yes. Uh, the turtles track down, uh, 
the fugitoid uh, and see exactly what's going on. They try to get him disconnected from uh, the, the the Federation stuff, but he's like, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I got to I got I to do this. And uh, of course, fights are happening all over the place. Ultimately, what happens is this is the this is the point that Traximus takes over. He doesn't take over, but he removes Zonramon from his post. He basically says, you are no longer our leader, uh, puts him in prison, restores the Triceraton Senate uh, because all of Commander Mozar's uh, troops refused to fire on defenseless spaceships. Zonramon is thrown into jail. Uh, In addition to all of that, this electronic signal that that the fugitoid has going through all of the the federation ships has now infected the triceraton computers as well uh which of course if like if you're going to have this this worldwide takeover of you know aliens you have to the only way you can fix this is with a independence day plot and that's mm-hmm. exactly what this is yeah uh <laughs> all parties involved try to fix their computer issues with just a simple unplug and plug back in, which mm, I've tried tried turning it off and on again. (laughs) Chef kiss. Just perfect. Um, And the fugitoid uses his, his newfound power to shut everything down uh, and basically end the war Uh, in the process. He short circuits himself and he dies. Uh, Donatello realizes this and, you know, they do what they can to try to resuscitate a robot. Uh, But ultimately the fugitoid gave his life to end the war between the Federation and the Triceratons. The Triceratons then uh, offer an olive branch to the the Federation by returning all of their, uh, Basically, they, they had prisoners or whatever. They had there there were people that they had uh, that they could return without any you know fighting. And basically, Traxmas is like, we're turning over a new leaf. This is a new a, a new future. And the way their story ends is General Blank and Zonraman are in a prison in in adjacent prison cells, still just yelling at each other because the hate that they have for one another is what was fueling their civilization's hatred towards each other. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's that, uh, the episode ends with professor honeycutt or the fugitoid being put into a very Spock like, uh, coffin and being given a, what's it called? A, a deep space burial. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it ends. What'd you think? So or did I miss right anything? <laughs> no, no, you got the uh, the Spock uh, sunglass case casket uh, right off, right <laughs> off. It was very nice, very nice. Um, I'm glad you caught that too. Um, we, I mean, the thing that I one of the things I enjoyed the most about this one was that fight with Bishop at the beginning like you just mm-hmm. you know you think oh turtles yeah we're gonna take him down no problem it's just a human no he wipes the floor with him yeah yeah and that's 
you know, that's really cool to see. Now, they they kind of get the better of him a, a couple of times, but it's not much. It Yeah, it shouldn't be as uh, easy as it is for him to dispatch all of them, considering there's, you know... Were Casey, April, and Splinter in that fight? Yeah, Splinter was so, in there. Doing so stuff. It's, it's essentially it was eight versus one. Yeah. They took, <laughs> them all, they took them all on. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, we've got the, um, was it the, there's a countdown to where the base is going to explode. And Mikey's like, I've, I've watched enough Bond movies to know that this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, the only other nugget I really had was, um, you know, uh, Professor Honeycutt shot out in a big sunglass tube casket like Spock, which we already covered. Yeah, yeah, that was my first thought was, oh, that's like Spock. No, yeah. that's like Spock. Yeah. It, and, and basically that just means, oh, he'll be back. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Spock came back, you know, spoiler alert for a 50-year-old movie. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, there's a lot about this episode I really like. Yeah, I, I do like I I like the fight with Bishop because it it's basically a teaser for the rest of the Bishop arc. Right. Um, I really like the uh, the burial. I really yeah. like Fugitoid giving his life. Uh, all of that. Yeah, this, this the the only thing that's really really silly is the Fugitoid being able to jump to another you know, Federation's starship via Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. But again, children's show, whatever, you know, you got to suspend your disbelief. It just seemed really dumb. Yeah. Uh, as a standalone episode, which it's not a standalone episode, but this episode, if you don't take into consideration how they got to this is really cool. But as soon as you take into consideration how they ended up where they ended up, this episode's kind of obnoxious because how did we get here? We started by saying, no, Fugitoid, don't kill yourself. We're going to create a plan B or a plan A. And then plan A ended with Fugitoid killing himself. Right. So it was three episodes of like, it's almost like a paradox. It's, 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 it's almost like the, the, the Terminator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. The entire plot of the Terminator can the first movie can be erased if the robots just decide, you know what, we're not going to send a Terminator back. Like that's all they have to do. Basically, because, yeah. Yeah, because them sending a Terminator back in time is what causes the birth of John Connor. Once they realize that in the future, they just don't do that. And there's no need for it. So, like in 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 this case, I, back to my previous point, just give them the fugitoid. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. But no, we need th- we need three whole episodes. And I guess I guess we get some good stuff out of it. We get the we get the bishop stuff. We do get to we, we do get the the you know the the heroic ending to to to, to the fugitoid. Uh, we we get. 
the, the the we get to finally see what plays out with the the the, the Federation and the Triceratons. So stuff happens and it's entertaining to a point, but seeing that all of it was absolutely avoidable and we had the exact same outcome that we would have had before is kind of infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on this, this, the, the, the conclusion of this, 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 uh, this arc? Um, no, no, that's about it. All right. All right. Notice, uh, we're six episodes into this season and the only footage we have of the shredder is that one, basically that one thing. Yeah. That, that one thing where he's like, yeah, we'll bide our time. No big deal. Um, let's move on to the next episode. Touch and go. And this is a very simple episode. It is. It's very simple, very cool. Uh, the, the turtles and Leatherhead are chilling in the the lair, and from there, the basically they they split up, and they're just they got other stuff to do. Donnie and and, and Leatherhead stay in in the lair to do science things. Uh, Raph and, and and Leo they go do, go do their own thing, and Mikey and Splinter. Uh, they go investigating the sewer um, just to, to, to see what the damage is, because, of course, Manhattan was almost lifted off of the planet. Yeah. Uh, in comes brand new enemies, Mr. Touch and Mr. Go. These are brand new. Yes, they're brand new, brand new enemies, Mr. Touch and Mr. Go. And we learn very quickly that they have uh, a unique Wonder Twin style power, I guess, where they charge each other up yeah yeah by basically touching fists together and one of them is a big strong brute the other one is fast um so it's like so so it's like i don't know colossus and quicksilver yeah who have to be charged up by fisting each other okay it's phrasing sorry Um, absolutely terrible (laughs) but that's what they're doing they're hey Whatever. They're fist bumping. There we go. Bro fists. Bro fists. Uh, and th- they fight Master Splinter and Michelangelo. And, and it, it's it's kind of a tough fight because, you know, they are super powered. Uh, in the meantime, Raphael falls off of a building uh, because he steps on a corner that was kind of was not reinforced and stumbles upon a violent mob of humans who assume he's an alien and they chase him. Uh, but, and because, you know, they, the humans are not very happy with aliens right now. And Raphael ends up taking uh, like hiding in a blind woman's apartment. Uh, she doesn't know that he's a turtle because she's blind and invites him in for tea. And he basically has tea time with this old blind lady and finds out that her apartment is being uh, repossessed because she can't pay the bills anymore. Like. They, they foreclosed on her on her mortgage. So it's revealed that Mr. Touch and Mr. Go uh, were hired by Hun. Uh, and during the process of fighting Splinter and Mikey, they confiscated Mikey's uh, nunchucks and Splinter's cane. And they presented these items to Hun as if, hey, here we go. Here we we killed one of the turtles and their master. That here's 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 your evidence, sir. Because they faked their deaths. Oh, that's right, they did. Yeah, they 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 faked their deaths, 
Uh, and touch and go, they, they arrive to get their reward. Uh, they're handed their reward, which is, of course, a suitcase full of money. Uh, only to find out very quickly that Michelangelo and Splinter are not dead. Uh, they, uh, they, they clash with all three of them, Mr. Hun, or, uh, Mr. Touch, Mr. Go, uh, and Hun. Yeah. So, yeah, Michelangelo and Splinter defeat the three. They, they, they gather their nunchucks, their, the, the cane, and, and the suitcase of money uh, and return to the lair. Oh, and Splinter's rope because he's naked. Oh, yes, yes, because, you know, no one wants a naked rat. No. Raphael. Well, like he's not wearing pants either. So. That's true. He's, 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 he's Donald ducking it. He is. <laughs> uh, Raphael ends his little tea party and, and returns back to, to the lair, uh, realizing uh, when he gets there, he's like, hey, you, you guys got a whole bunch of money. Uh, and, and Raph's like, I have a perfect idea. And they take the money that they got from the touch and go uh encounter and give it to Mrs. Morrison, which is the the old blind lady that Raphael was having tea time with, and now she doesn't have to give up her apartment. A happy ending. Yes. Uh what'd you think of Touch and Go? I like these characters. Again, it's more new characters um of the you know the the superpowered variety and the whole the whole Moral of the episode was Master Splinter trying to get Michelangelo to think. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Because at this point, you know, he's kind of watered down a bit more. But um, uh, I really, really like those characters a lot. Freaking uh, go breaking Splinter's leg. Or at least yep. fracturing it really, really hard. Because um, Splinter still moved with it busted up. Um, yeah, yeah. Like that whole fight was fun because both both Splinter and Mike were like, "What is? Who are these guys?" You know, they they seemed genuinely surprised at at their power set. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember what episode they showed up in, or was this their? Yeah, this their was de- their debut. I think they come back. Okay. Because I don't think I don't remember us talking about them before. No, yeah, this is this is definitely their debut. Um, <laughs> tea, tea time with Raphael was charming. It was, uh, it was, and and what's funny is there was a similar episode uh, that was t- uh, tea time with Leonardo in uh, the two K twelve series. Oh wow! Do you, we actually we've actually watched it. It was it was like season one or season two. Like it was pretty early in the show. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, leading up to um, Michelangelo and Splinter fighting, you know, tracking where touch and go, you know, went. Um, and you know, just that overall fight, Mikey just kicks him out a window. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> that got did, past. Did Mikey just kill that guy? I, that's what I thought. I was like, did this. <laughs> How did this get past broadcast standards and practices? Because they couldn't even do that on Batman the Animated Series. Like, you, you know, there, There's very specific things you couldn't do on that show. Yeah. You can't throw anybody out a window or blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, he did it. He did it. But they're <laughs> they, superpowered, and they're not dead. Did they reveal that they weren't dead? Yeah, because they, dis- well, they disappeared. So that okay. means 
Mwahaha! They come back again. Um, yeah, like Huns just hanging around. Yeah, yeah. Like this, I like that these these two dudes are tangentially related to Hun and Shredder, but it's not like Shredder's sh- you know showing up to defend them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and I think it's okay to kill a character if you if you reveal in the episode that they're not actually dead. Yeah, until we get to the next episode. Okay. Yeah, we'll discuss that ne- next episode. Yeah. Uh, I really really like this episode. It was it was it was uh a welcomed departure from the constant like the the, the like the constant everything is on eleven approach to the first six episodes yeah you know it doesn't have to be balls to the wall the entire time we're watching the show you can have the quieter character moments you can have uh these these unique characters we've never met before and may never see again uh we can break these turtles up and let them do different things this this was the best one we watched i think of of all of the, the the nine that we watched i would say it's definitely yeah like it, it's it's one of the most fun, even though there's a a just tremendous amount of just smattering of different you know action and kind of events throughout you know the the previous uh, six episodes that we did watch. Yeah. 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 That's I think all that's all I have for that episode. Yeah, mine too. I I have a continuity issue though, like Uh-oh. the uh, the briefcase had all the money knocked out of it. And then when Mikey presented it to everybody, hey, check it out. Everything's back in the briefcase, all folded nice and neat. But you didn't see him put anything in the briefcase. Just yeah. walks out with it. There, yeah. But did I they guess have you could... to give all the money to her? Like, they couldn't I... have kept, like, one or two. Like, hey, we need some new stuff. I was like, break some of that off for April. Like, her apartment is screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know. He He opened it up, and it was all in there. I, I don't know. Maybe they did it off screen. They, 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 they just they, they broke off a couple of a couple chunks for April to fix second time around again. I'd hope so. Six time around now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK, well, let's let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, let's move on to Hunted. This is surprisingly based on a it's based on a comic. Oh, it, it's it's one that we've read already. It was uh the uh, it was one of the the, the tales of the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was uh, originally when it was told in the comics, it was Leatherhead's debut. Uh, let's see if I can find out what issue that is. It's uh, number six, Tales of the TMNT, number six. Uh, and basically, it, it, it in both stories, there's there's a, a mustached guy in the sewers of New York hunting Leatherhead. Now, Leatherhead is staying with the Turtles because he, you know, was captured by Bishop and he's now out and has nowhere to live. So he's just kind of chilling at the Turtles' lair. Uh, it's it's revealed that not only is he living there, but he it's it's not the best living situation. And also he he's having like some mental issues ever since his the, the experiments that were conducted on him. Uh, now, remember, he already has anger issues. That that was built into him from his his debut in uh, 2K3. Now yeah. they're more they're they're less controllable. He's having dreams uh, that seem real that 
cause him to wake up in violent rages and and uh he's very ill-tempered and 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 almost gets offend easily offended at things and he you know he does get triggered and his eyes actually change color and he goes into you know fits of rage which is something that's in multiple iterations of of, of the character yeah uh leatherhead decides after a a violent an accidental violent rage that he thinks killed michelangelo he decides that he's gone he's he just checks out he's like i'm sorry i can't control myself i gotta go michelangelo of course is not dead He's kind of playing dead. He got knocked out, but then he played dead when, you know, his brothers were trying to revive him, whatever. Uh, in the meantime, there's a bounty, not a bounty hunter, but like a prize hunter. What are those called? He is a, a prize hunter, a, a trophy, trophy hunter. Yeah, a trophy hunter uh, who is exploring the the sewers of New York, looking for the fabled giant crocodile that lives under this, you know, in the sewers. The giant crocodile, of course, is Leatherhead. So he's down there looking for Leatherhead, and he's, he's, he's basically following the, uh, the, the the trail that he's leaving, uh, walking around. Uh, the turtles go looking for Leatherhead, knowing that he's, you know, one, doesn't know that Michelangelo's still alive, and they have to tell him, hey, no, you didn't kill him, it's okay, we're gonna fix this. Uh, Leatherhead is has found a place to cry in in the sewer like he's gone full-on emo thinks he killed one of his best friends doesn't see a positive future for him at all and he i forget the fine details of this even though i just read them um the the trophy hunter not only finds Leatherhead, but also realizes that there's Leatherhead and the four turtles, and he he uses Leatherhead as a as bait for the turtles uh, because he realizes that that they're all friends and he, they don't know him, and and he decides that he's going to capture Leatherhead because he's a talking crocodile or talking alligator, crocodile, crocodile, crocodile. talking, yeah, talking crocodile. So. The, the the clear villain of the of the episode is the trophy hunter, and th- there's several action sequences where they're trying to beat him and they break his gun and uh, clearly the trophy hunter is outmatched here. Once his equipment is broken, at the end of the episode, which is probably what we're going to end up talking a lot about because of how things play out, the his gun is. Or his equipment, is it his gun? I think it's his gun. His gun is damaged, and he basically says, I think Donatello says, that's going to explode. It's going to kill us all. And the hunter's like, that's fine. Uh, Leatherhead pushes the hunter off of a catwalk, basically, to his death. Both him and the, the hunter look to fall, it look like they're falling to their death. It's revealed that Leatherhead is not dead. He held on to like a you know, like the under, like the support beams. You, the gun then explodes. Is it the gun? Did we determine it's his gun? Yeah, because they, um... Yes, the gun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the gun explodes, presumably killing the, 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 the hunter, whose name is Mr. Marlin? Is it Mr. Marlin? Uh, yeah, it's Mr. Marlin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we then finish the episode with the turtles, taking Leatherhead to his own lair, 
which is about three minutes away from the turtles lair. It is an abandoned subway uh, junction, which I guess would be similar to what the turtles had in turtles Two: secret of the ooze. Yeah. And turtles three uh, and back to the sewer, not back to the sewer. Um, the next mutation. So there's, so, so there's a, a, a small throwback there. Uh, but Leatherhead is very, very happy, of course, that he didn't kill Michelangelo. He's happy to have a new place to live and a new place to better understand what's going on with him. Him and Don are going to continue to uh, try to fix his brain. And that's pretty much how the episode ends. Like, we're a family. We stick together. Done. Yeah. What do you have to add? That ending was dark. Was it? A little bit. Okay. Let's 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 dissect this. Did Leatherhead kill that dude? Not technically. Okay. Because that, that's that's where I stand as well. Leatherhead did not kill that dude. That dude killed that dude. <laughs> so, so to, like to our previous discussion, your character cannot your your children's character cannot murder a guy unless you reveal that he's not actually dead. In this case, the character did not murder him, so he can stay dead. Yeah. Uh, and also, it was off screen. This so is te- true. So technically, he may not be dead. Who knows? Um, oh, well, Mikey did that in another episode with one of the Triceratons. He's like, hey, is that a grenade on your belt? And then it was off screen. And it's like, he exploded. I was like, he just killed that guy, kids. We don't know. Triceratons are, they're pretty stout. They are pretty tough. But pretty I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he day. <laughs> uh, I have no problem with that dude dying. Just just for the record. He had the worst mustache I've ever seen on a character. Like it went from his lip all the way back to his like ears. And I'm yeah. like, that's uh. it, it was like mutton chops and a Fu Manchu were trying to get it on. Yeah. Yeah. Fu Manchu? No. Fu Manchu? Fu Manchu? Fu Manchu. Oh, Fu Manchu. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> or Chop Man Fu? Either one. Uh, I think that's the same mustache com mustache beard combo that he had in the in the comic. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's a throwback. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, what nuggets you got? Let's see here. Well, of course, his uh his helper robot. Amelia is very reminiscent of R2-D2. I noticed that. Um, we had a, a funky nightmare scene that Leatherhead was having, and all the turtles were like Slash, kind of evil and maniacal looking, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the sewers just littered with traps. And of course, Leo steps on a landmine. And he's like, Oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm like, Hey, I need some help. And Don, you know, takes the <laughs> shuriken and, uh, his bow staff. It's like, here, just move it just like this. I was like, okay, Mikey, hold this. All right, guys, let's, let's go. Hey, it, it, that, me. <laughs> uh, again, the, the smaller character moments are my favorite parts, man. Yeah, they really yeah. are. You know, it's like, oh, you can figure it out yourself, Mikey. Bye. I was like, aw, that's a, that's about all I've got. 
I mean, doesn't at some point doesn't at some point uh, Leatherhead's new home turn into their new home? Um, I can't remember. It looked like it might. I could be wrong. But again, it's been a really long time since we've watched all these episodes. We'll get there, folks. We'll get there. All right. All right. Let's let's close this out with one more episode. All right. Uh, This episode is entitled H.A.T.E. Hate. And it, too, is roughly based on a comic book, uh, one that we have read. Uh, it is a volume one book that was written by Peter Laird. Uh, number 12. From 1987. Mm. Casey and April and the turtles are at the Northampton farmhouse. You know how much I love the Northampton farmhouse. Oh, yes. Uh, and Casey's Casey's mother shows up. Uh, a, a character we had never seen before. And. Didn't even think, hey, this is a thing. No, it, it was quite a surprise to not only us, but to the characters. Uh, Casey did not expect her to show up. April didn't know who she was. Um, but it's revealed that Casey had told his mom he was engaged to April. <laughs> mistake which number is, one. <laughs> mistake number one. Uh, number two, <laughs> mistake number two is having April find out that he lied. Uh, and and that the April and Casey subplot in this episode is absolutely adorable we'll get to it yeah uh, the turtles are just kind of practicing they're, they're practicing archery they're 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 having a grand old time at the farmhouse especially after having you know so many adventures uh, in the past month at, at home during all this fun the a, a man stumbles upon them who is who's injured who's basically like help me help me they're gonna they're gonna kill me uh they're crazy Blah, 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 blah. Uh, not knowing exactly what that means, the turtles are like, well, okay, we got your back, you know. Um, but what, 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 do you, what, what help do you need? The turtles engage with the, the, the guys who are trying to kill this guy uh, and knocks them out and, and, and keeps them from doing so. Mikey then, you know, once that interaction is, you know, is, is, is done, Mikey takes the injured guy and he's going to take him to the hospital. You know, it's like, hey, let's get this guy the help he needs. And, and he throws him into the sidecar on a motorcycle and, you know, drives him away. We cut to the actual group of people that were attacking that man. Uh, and, and they are revealed as an, an extremist group called Hate, H-A-T-E, Humans Against the Extraterrestrials, which is a really terrible name. Yeah. Like, it should be H-A-E-T. But then it wouldn't spell out hate. Like I feel like they could have workshopped that some more. Right. Uh, in the comic book, they weren't called a hate. Uh, they were called crap. C R A P. <laughs> Committee to rebuild American patriotism. Uh, Can't but do that on kids' TV. You you can say crap, right? I think so. <laughs> eh. Well, they say crud, which is the yeah. same thing. But you know, if you can say it's a sh- it's a shell of a town, you should be able to say crap. Well, that's true. Um, but like the H.A.T.E. makes sense because of the Earth's recent uh, interaction with extraterrestrials, extraterrestrials. Uh, this 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 group is led by this guy named Skonk, uh, which was his name in the comic book. Uh, and they're to put it to, to, to put it 
simply. They're just redneck nut jobs. Yeah. Who, you know, think the world is being taken over by aliens, which it was, but it's not anymore. And they're and they see the turtles as, you know, being aliens and they engage and they they attack. Uh, who do they attack? They attack Raph and Donnie because Mikey is on the road uh, and Leonardo and Splinter are still back at the farmhouse, uh, basically hiding from April's mom. April uh, is left with not April's mom, Casey's mom. April is left with Casey's mom and it immediately turns into like I am meeting my fiance's obnoxious parent. You know, it's it's a meet the parents situation. And everything April does is wrong. Uh, everything April does, uh, Casey's mom has some sort of criticism or uh, some sort of uh, judgmental snarky remark to whatever she's trying to do and april's literally being an angel doing everything she can to please casey's mom and it just is not happening uh that whole plot fun i love it it's yeah. it, it, it it colors in the uh the, the april and casey relationship in ways that we haven't really haven't seen to this point mm-hmm. uh, it's revealed that skunk the leader of the of the hate group uh, has a nuclear bomb. And here's where the plot goes off the rails. Donatello and Raphael uh, try to disable the bomb. Uh, and they're joined by Mikey after he drops off the guy. And there's a whole chase scene. And Donatello has to jump into the back of a, a, a moving truck to disable the bomb. He gets in there and it makes it seem like he cut the wrong wire and the bomb's going to explode. But in fact, he removed the plutonium and the, 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 the truck explodes without that in it. Uh, and they, they end up leaving skunk tied up for the, the cops with plutonium sitting on his chest, which is probably a health hazard. Like he's probably going to die from like radiation poisoning, but you know, it's a cartoon. We don't have to address that. No. Uh, Casey returns from from uh, the, the the supermarket where he had been buying supplies uh, for their little stay at the uh, the farmhouse, and it's revealed that Casey's mom really likes April because April passed all of her obnoxious tests without snapping on her, without you know turning against her or being rude, which was the whole point. That's the whole thing she was trying to do. Yeah. So April passed the tests. And and Casey's like, oh, good. My mom doesn't like anybody. So for her to like you is a real feat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the very last thing, funniest thing in the whole episode is when Casey's mom is like, it was great meeting you, April. Uh, and Casey, at some point, you're going to have to tell me what's up with the giant turtle and rat. Yeah. That are hanging out at this at this farmhouse. Even though both Leo and, and Splinter thought they were staying hidden. Yeah. Uh, this they, they they do do some new things with this episode uh, that are different from the comic, but the hate stuff is kind of on point. It's kind of the same plot. I think yeah. there was even a nuke in the original plot. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about hate? I I mean I. I enjoyed it, but I have kind of a nitpick. Like, there wasn't like a lead up to like, hey, let's go 
you know, let's go to Northampton for a while and just kind of chill. Like they're just, it just feels like they're just already there mm-hmm. with no kind of real reason. Um, for it. I understand. I understand. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Like the previous episode could have left off, you know, or, or whichever episode, you know, like, Hey, you know, I think we've earned, you know, a well-deserved rest. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to go by like your comic book standard, you know, bookend story or not bookend story, but like, you know, formula. Uh, and and part of that is probably because the comic book, this was it was set during their original stay at Northampton, like okay. in in the comic book that it it falls in that that story arc. Uh, you're right, there is no lead up. I don't really care because I love whenever they're in Northampton, so it's I can look past it. But I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. Again, it's a small gripe, but yeah. it doesn't detract away from my enjoyment of the episode. What else you got? Um, I loved that every time Casey and April were trying to get like somewhat romantically involved or whatever. Like, oh, don't mind us. And they're trying to have a deep discussion in inside the house. And there's mm-hmm. Splinter and Leo just kind of staring at him like. April's like, you, you, you might want to go somewhere else. <laughs> Again, any time that they split the turtles up to do different tasks, I feel like we get to know more about those characters. Yeah. Yeah. This was this this was a fun episode. I would put this episode number two. Like if I'm ranking the nine that we watched, I would say this is number two. Okay. I did like the uh, Michelangelo uh, motorcycle. You've got a whole motorcycle outfit on, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I do like a I, I do like a good like highway chase with you mm-hmm. know the stakes like hey I need to get on top of that truck you know I always kind of I do kind of enjoy those types of moments in in films and whatnot um, yeah because you know an action movie guy I like action movies so that was that was <laughs> one of my favorite um, moments there but yeah the, you, go ahead go ahead I was no you you finish your thought. I was just I was just gonna say like that I I really also enjoyed the addition of Casey's mom that added that extra level of tension to an already tense situation. It was like, hey, we got a nuclear bomb about to explode, because it it's dealing with the fallout of the alien invasion. So I guess that does kind of tie it in in a way, but like let's have a nuclear bomb out in the middle of nowhere where it's not gonna do anything. Actually, actually, you're you're kind of touching on my. Uh my chief chief gripe of this episode and it was also my chief gripe of the comic book and that is the the nuke yeah like it didn't make sense in the comic and the existence of a nuke is k- kind of uh makes the the stakes don't not make any sense yeah you know if if oh no we may blow up a building or something with a bomb you know you're you actually believe it you know, if if we don't complete this task, this building explodes and all these people die. That's believable in the scale in in the story of the scale they're trying to portray. Mm-hmm. To think that if the turtles mess up, a nuke goes off, like that's fundamentally world changing 
in the story that they're telling. So it's not believable that they'll not complete the task. Yeah. And they had the opportunity to fix the problem with that with the story by not including a nuke this time around, and they opted to include it again. Yeah. Which doesn't didn't make any sense. But whatever, you know, it's just, it's it's fun. But again, why, why, why? Yeah. Eh. The stakes are completely out of whack on this episode, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part, though, was was the Casey, the, the, the Casey's mom and April stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, that 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 had me giggling. Uh, but that that's it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Uh, we're, we're breaking this season up into three chunks. So next time we'll probably watch nine. And then the time after that, we'll watch eight. Uh, and then we'll be done with season three. Yeah. Um, overall, I was not that pleased with this chunk of episodes. Um, it had some good stuff. It introduced some cool characters. I love that we're, we finally made it to the Bishop era of the show. Cause Bishop is cool. Yeah. As much as I love the X-Files, Bishop is cool. I love oh, yeah. Men in Black. Bishop is cool. Yes. 100% agree. So, uh, what, what do you have to say just overall? I mean, you know, dissecting it, like, when originally watching it, like, I just, I was starved for more. Like, you know, I just, I wanted more Turtle stuff, and, and I was getting it, you know. And then, like, going back and revisiting it, you know, you make a lot of very valid points. Like, it kind of, and I, I this is a first. This is a first. I'm agreeing with him. Oh, you guys hear this? It's, 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 the fir- it's the first time I've ever made a valid point. All right. All right. Touche, well, buddy. Well, no. No. I, I would say a lot of them in rapid succession. Um, <laughs> But no, overall, like, a lot of that stuff, like, they could have just forgotten about the aliens. You know, they should, or they could have for, come, strike that. They could have forgotten about the Triceratons altogether because that story was over with, you know? Yeah. But I think it leads up into something bigger later. So it's, it's fine for what it is, but it just, it did feel kind of like a retread instead of like going to something different. They could have had some kind of like, they could have just completely had to have dealt with uh, Bishop, but then that would not have given us a, a good introduction to Bishop as yeah. in, Oh, I'm just after these mutants instead of like, I'm here to protect the earth. So the lesser of two evils. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I mean, we had a lot of really good action beats um, throughout these, these nine episodes and some fun moments. Um, especially with uh, Raphael being Mrs. Nesbitt uh, and, and having tea time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like, I feel like I just need to shut up because, you know, I'm the chief person who is complaining. I'm tired of seeing shredder so much. I'm tired of seeing shredder so much, shredder, but, but as soon as they step away from shredder and they're like, Hey, let's, let's do some Triceraton stuff. I'm like, no, nah, not that. Nah, no. So, so I, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I think might be the the one of the, the one of the southern phrases that uh comes to mind. Yeah, I, I'm being a bit picky, but 
I just feel like it can be better, you know? Like, And that's a very valid uh, opinion. Like, let's put this in perspective. So this this Triceraton epic that they told in these in those six episodes, mm-hmm. that was six episodes. Yeah. City at War was three. Oh, see, I'm going to give you that. Oh, you know, because City at War could have been six. Yeah. City at War could have lasted an entire season. It could have. That would have been they could have stretched that out really yeah. well. And and I guess that's a really concise way for me to put it. City at War was only three. OK, there you go. That's it. That, that, yeah. That's the perfect segue. All right. Well, Jeff, that does it for episode 61 of Shellheads. Wow. Uh, what are we talking about next time? That's a great question. Um, I was about to ask you. This time, I promise. I promise we are going to talk about IDW. Last time, I promised this. I ended up lying and we did something else. But this time, I promise. IDW is going to be our part five. We're going to be doing 20, issues 29 through 33, the Shredder Micro, the Ultram Empire three-parter, and the 2014 annual. Ooh. Which sounds like a lot. It's not nearly as much as it sounds like it is. But between now and then, where can we catch you? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, Brian Mississippi's premier arcade, where we specialize in retro and modern games, um, especially Neo Geo, like Windjammers, Metal Slug, King of Fighters, and everything else in between. Uh, We host birthday parties, tournaments, and more. Uh, You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, We also have a Discord. Um, If you are interested in joining our Discord, we... um, you can message me on social media and just on uh, the Warp Zone Arcade on Facebook. Um, and we have a, a great thriving community in there. We talk about all kinds of stuff from movies, games and everything and events and stuff that are going on when we are ready to reopen. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, you can find me on realitybreach.com or any of Reality Breach's um, social media handles. Uh, I'm going to take this time, though, to say... Be sure to follow Shellheads on uh, on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. Just search Shellheads Podcast. Uh, same thing on Instagram. Uh, just search, or as my daughter would say, search up. Just search up Shellheads <laughs> Podcast on uh, Instagram. Uh, I, I kind of try to up, update that with stuff you know, a couple times a week. You know, I'm not super active, but I do talk about what we're going to talk about on the show and what we currently are talking about on the show. Uh, and... I share some stuff there. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, realitybreach.com is where you can find me. Nice. Uh, with those out of the way, uh, tune in next time uh, to Shellheads. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads.
Are you a fan of comic books? Are you a fan of comic book villains? Well, join me, Russell, as we take a walk on the dark side with Tomes of Evil, the podcast dedicated to discussing, analyzing, and overall glorifying the villains of Marvel Comics, DC Comics, and all your favorite indie books. Tomes of Evil, a comic book villain podcast. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.